Blog Talk Radio. condition or figure out how to cope with a sudden health issue like an accident or illness, stay tuned. There are ways to begin the process leading you to better health and wellness. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I am also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's at audible dial. 
clinicaltrial.com slash energy awareness. My guest, Carl Greer, is a practicing clinical psychologist, Jungian analyst, and shamanic practitioner. The shamanic work he does is drawn from a blend of North American and South American indigenous trainings and is influenced by Jungian analytical psychology. He has trained with Peruvian shamans and through Dr. Alberto Villaldo's Healing the Light Body School, where he's been on the staff. Carl has worked with shamans in South America, the United States, Canada, Australia, Ethiopia, and Outer Mongolia. He's involved in various businesses and charities, teaches at the C.G. Young Institute of Chicago, is on the staff of the Rep. Logal Center for Counseling and Wellbeing, holds workshops in Jungian shamanic topics, and is the best-selling author of Change Your Story, Change Your Life, which won three significant book awards, and his newest book, Change the Story of Your Life, of Your Health, oh, I'm sorry, our topic for discussion. Welcome to the show, Carl. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am good. Good to be with you, T. Huh. I'm really grateful that you can be here. First, um, I am an energy therapist with a private practice, so it's no wonder to me why I loved your book. And kudos to you for your last book, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, winning awards from Beverly Hills Book Awards, the Coalition of Visionary Resources, and the Indian India Spiritual Book Awards. Those are significant wins and very well-deserved. Uh, Thank you. So, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Your recently released book, Change the Story of Your Health, is such an insightful guide. I found that it offers a variety of alternative healing techniques that are practical and straightforward, relatable for many, many people. It seems to be all-encompassing, and and I will say it's refreshing to see you meld conventional medicine with alternative healing and spirituality. So my first question is, you know, you went from being a successful entrepreneur to clinical psychology and shamanism. So do tell us, how did that happen? Well, I started off... uh growing up in a family in the Midwest that uh, uh, worked in business, <clears throat> and I thought that that was going to be my path as well. So I, my dad worked for U.S. Steel. I worked uh, in the steel mills in the summers, went to uh, undergraduate school, got an engineering degree, and thought I would work in a steel company. And then I decided, well, I'd go uh, get a graduate degree in business and ended up teaching at Columbia in New York City for a while, uh, became a businessman. Uh, but Part of me wasn't really happy doing those things, and I was around 45, and I uh, went back to school to get a degree in clinical psychology. It took me eight years because I was still working. Then I decided I wanted to get more uh, training in Jungian psychology, so I went five more years for that, and uh, and more and more I, I wanted to spend my time doing those things. It just fed me more than uh, business stuff did. Uh, around 2000, I got interested very much in shamanism. I've been interested all my life in it, but uh, I de- never thought it would be practical with family and responsibilities to to train. But I had an opportunity to do that. And for the last 17 years, that's been a very, very important part of my spiritual healing, uh, healing work. So it's been kind of an evolving thing. I went through changes where I just was feeding my soul more by doing different things and the different things that I did involved uh, healing more than uh, uh, business. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny how the universe like shows us what we need to be doing. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, ch- <laughs> and changes our life in such a way. Cause that's a huge change, you know, um, as I stated in the introduction your first book, which I've read, Change Your Story, Change Your Life. It's an award-winning book, well-deserved at that. I, I loved the book. And then I saw this one, and I thought, okay, well, let's see, let's see what this one's all about. It seems to be, I don't want to say it's a sequel to the other book, because it's not really, but it's, um, mm, there's a lot, it, it, you go very much in depth as to what to do about your health. So I was wondering, what was the catalyst for writing this book for you? Uh after my first book, you know, talking to people that I work with, uh, uh, it just seemed that health is a is a big topic, uh, mm-hmm. and so I was thinking, are there ways I could just have a book to talk about health? Uh, plus, uh, in my own life, I'm getting older and I'm dealing with uh, health issues, and uh, and just in in our culture, you know, with uh, health issues in terms of government and 
programs, mm. I just thought, you know, maybe if there's a way I could talk a little bit about people taking charge more of their own health and uh, doing more self-healing, not turning their back on allopathic medicine, but really learning ways to actually uh, uh, work with themselves, I thought that would be a, a contribution I could make. And so that's why I uh, wrote the book uh, to you. Yeah, and, you know, I think that and the more and more I see, I think people are fed up really with conventional medicine and they're looking for alternative ways because of probably the health care. So, it changes all the time. It's so expensive. And they're looking for other means because they want to keep their body healthy while they're going through processes. And while I'm a firm believer, as you are, that these alternative methods are to be used in conjunction with conventional medicine, not in lieu yep. of. I'm a very strong believer of that. I tell patients that all the time. No, you can't just dump that. You know, I can see how they want to uh, I, I, preserve their body is not the right word, but preserve the state of their health and not have it go downhill because there are so many side effects to these other, to conventional medicine, uh, medical treatments that, you know, sometimes the side effects seem worse than actually the issue at hand. It's true. It's true. And so if people can take time to uh, uh, believe they, they have more power than they think, instead of always turning it over to the, to the experts and the specialists, uh, I think they will find that they do have uh, an inner healer and uh, inner wisdom uh, about what they can do that if they really uh, avail themselves of that information, they can make differences in their health that I talk about. Uh, processes to to get to that place. Yes, you do, and there's a lot of new studies coming out too about you know how you can the uh, the neurotransmitters in your brain and how you can change the neural pathways so that you know you can heal more quickly because as we know you know our bodies know how to heal they just it just needs a little bit of a push to do so we don't I, I'm not a healer I mean I've had people introduce me as oh this is T Love she's a healer I'm like no I'm not. Never, I've never healed anybody in my life. I heal myself, and so does everybody else. <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah, well put. Yeah, we kind of hold space, and uh, and I hope uh, people will do uh, the work they need to with uh, energies that are around them. And uh, and amazingly, when people have their intent, I'm sure you uh, believe the energy follows intent. Uh, yeah. uh, stuff that's really uh, quite remarkable can happen. Yeah. I mean, I've seen remarkable things, as I'm sure you have in my practice, that can't be attributed to anything else. And yet I know it isn't me. It's the energy. I'm just yeah. a conduit. Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah. you'd be right. Um, right. Yeah. I think sometimes, I mean, I've met people who have come in and said, oh, I went to these other energy healers, and they told me that they could cure me, and they didn't. What makes you different? And I'm like, well, first of all, nobody can cure anyone else. Medical doctors don't cure you. You cure you. Why do you think some medicine works on some people and not on others, <laughs> you know? So it's a, whole, it's a whole process. You have to go educating the patient before you can even start. And your book is written as a process. That's what I think I liked about it, because you start with, you know, your current health story, what, what is it, what to do to learn about it, how, how, you know, to write that story of your current health, and then practices yep. to change it, and then actually rewriting your health story for a better well-being. So it's kind of like a guide, you know, and I found it to be very easy to read and simple to follow, and not a lot of books are available on this topic to provide the means to do it in the way in which you present it. So I particularly like that this is in an uh, uh, about a story type of concept because I think it allows the story writer, which is the person reading it, to focus and yes. think and go deeper within, right? Yeah, y yes. And, and, and one of the first steps is what you mentioned. You have to, I think, take a little time to take stock of what is in terms of your health. And I guide people through various questions about the aspects of, say, eating, drinking, and weight and then aspects of motion and flexibility and exercise and stamina and strength and then aspects of getting older and menopause and andropause and sexuality and self-image and then how do you deal with and think about chronic conditions or acute things that, that happen and and I have questions like what's the payoff and what's working for you and what's not and you know so on and so forth and that's a start and then once people have really taken some time to think about what their health story is, then they can start thinking how they would like it to be. And when they get to that place of 
well, why isn't it the way I would like it to be? That's where some of the other practices I talk about come into play, where you can get into touch with unconscious reasons why maybe you're not living the health story that you would like to live. You know, things are not always as they seem. So sometimes, and, and it's true for each of us, sometimes we think that we know our own story, but, you know, a lot of it, we don't. We, we were brainwashed, and I know that's a strong word, but really, we become brainwashed by everything from the moment we're born, parents, siblings, teachers, society, and we take yep. it on as our own core belief. And uh, it, it isn't. Yeah, it's not. So I love the fact that you write this down because then you can realize, okay, that's really not what I believe. That's what I was told, but there's something in me that's off. So I think you're using intuition as well to realize do I really believe that? <laughs> do you find that to be true with people? Oh, yeah, you, you do. But but you have to start with just what you said. W- what is it that you, you think you believe? For example, you know, I'm, I'm a, a, a guy might say, uh, you know, all the men in my family die of heart uh, uh, problems before they're 60. I probably will, too. If you start to mm-hmm. believe that, then that can become a self-confirming prophecy. Whereas if somebody sure. else had a, a, another story, you know, uh, all the men in my family died before they were 60 of heart disease, but uh, I'm not going to be one of them, and here, here's some stuff I can do that's different than they did, uh, that that stance can make a big difference. Or you say, uh, I heard from my parents that uh, I was sickly as a kid, I'm always going to be sickly, and not much I can do about it. Well, that's something else that can haunt somebody unless they make it conscious and decide to change it. And things like that, T, I think are important for people to, to, to realize that they think those things. And, you know, it's funny because I was just listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with Greg Braden. Are you familiar with yes. him? He's a quantum physicist. Yep. Okay, I love Greg Braden. And, uh, yep. I, I mean, I, all of his stuff is just the HeartMath Institute and everything. And he was explaining in a recent webinar that I listened to that they took DNA from people and put it in different environments. And even though those people thought that, okay, once the DNA is in these environments, it, you're still, you know, it comes through as, you know, I'm, go- I'm going to have this because my parents had it, so therefore it's genetic. They're realizing that, no, things aren't genetic. You can change it. You can absolutely change it. And I thought, I love this science because then people need something tangible many, many times. They don't want to believe what's being told to them if it's more theoretical. So if they see there's science behind it and research, they'll say, okay, wait, there's really research? Okay, now I believe it. So that's a plus, I think, because now people can realize just because somebody in your family, you know, cancer ran through your family doesn't mean you have it. It does not. It doesn't mean you're going to get it, you know. And that to me is fascinating. I don't know. No, it is. And uh, in that whole study, I think the word is like epigenetics, that you can yes. change the way genes express themselves within your lifetime by such mm-hmm. things as changing your diet, exercise, being less stressed, less stressed, spending time in nature, uh, taking supplements in some cases, doing uh, energy work on yourself. There's lots of things that, that change the way genes express themselves, and that's been scientifically shown. And it's been used by indigenous people for, you know, millennia. So I'm thinking, Absolutely. really, we, we need to go back, and we have a lot to learn from those people because we just disregard everything because there was no scientist at the time to corroborate it. And I'm thinking, why does there right. need to be, you know? Yeah, and, because and they, would, they would say, hey, if it, if it works, why, why do we have to prove it? We know it works. Right. Right. And yet, you know, the government is like, everything's got to be FDA approved. Well, I'm sorry that, you know, a lot of the Chinese medicine has been used for um, thousands of years. That's a clinical study or a clinical trial in and of itself. I don't think we need to study it anymore. <laughs> Let's just go with it and help people. <laughs> yeah, no, and, 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 and connecting to larger energies, and I'm sure you think about this in mm-hmm. your work, uh, that, that are around us all the time, but with our intent, that can be healing. I mean, being in the in the energy of nature, you know, uh, thinking that nature has a, an awareness and it is a, observing us just as we observe it, and we can interact with it in ways that are healthful to us, just that realization and then seeing if that works for a person can be powerful. Doing journey work, I talk about that in my book about yes. going to to the lower world or the upper world where you can gain insights into your health. Uh, those are powerful, long-held uh, practices by many people that can make a difference in the way we we uh, live and, and, and express our wellness. 
And, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's almost contagious because when you are living in that space and working with energy, you're at peace, you're less stressed, and therefore everyone around you that you come into, even if they are stressed, if you start to, your energy rubs off on them. And if yours is strong enough, it will run, rub off on them. And, you know, we could eliminate fighting and wars and everything if everybody just minded their own energy fields, but unfortunately they do not, <laughs> you know. Uh, but it really right, is a, right. It's a good tip. It is contagious. I, uh, yep. yeah, it, yeah, it really is. Um, and one of the things uh, that you mentioned is, you know, you can, you can heal yourself. I know that to be true because I had ovarian cancer, and I had to have a radical hysterectomy, but I never had to have chemo or radiation. They got it all because I worked on myself. I, spent, I, I stopped working and spent six months working on me. And then I went for my surgery, and I was eight weeks later, I was back to yoga, started my practice up again, and I was good to go. So that was 10 years ago. Um, I'm happy about that. And uh, so I know the effects of energy work, and I've seen it, as I said in my practice, as you've seen it left and right yourself as well. So yes. when we talk about the, the story process, okay, just so listeners can have an idea of what that means, how does one begin the story process to, to help them? with defining the current story? Well, one, they could uh, just start asking themselves questions, like I said about these uh, areas that uh, I mentioned, like eating, drinking, and weight. Uh, Like, what works? What are your good habits? Uh, Where did you start having problems? Do you see any connections among these eating and drinking and other areas of your health? Uh, Do you know stuff that's being written about you know, nutrition and things like that. Can you partner with somebody else? What is the effect of your family history, your genetics? Uh, how much is stress playing into it? Uh, do you have any goals about these things? Uh, what are the payoffs for changing versus uh, not changing? So stuff like that uh, are the themes. Uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, are you eliminating well uh in terms of a gastrointestinal health, and does that mm-hmm. mean there's metaphorical things about the way you're eliminating other things in your life? So you start to look at it from a lot different perspectives, and the more perspectives you look at it from, then you get insights that just kind of pop in. Oh, hey, I never thought of that. That's that's connected. I wonder if when I do this, it's causing me to 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 be like this. You know, when I'm kind of angry at somebody, then I don't digest so well. And then I feel constipated, but then it maybe eat more to kind of get comforted. And they start to see patterns that just they wouldn't see unless they did this kind of work. Right. And one of the things that you mentioned, and I think I'm pretty sure this was under the themes section, was your chapter's title. Yeah, I know it was. Your chapter's title. Uh, because I, and I laughed when I read this because you were asking about is there something that repeats in your head like a saying or a song or a movie title that kind of, you know, summarizes what you what you feel about your health. And one of the things you said, you listed a few songs like eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. That's not yeah, good. Right. <laughs> you know? no, it's not, it's not. But, but, but some people kind of live that way, you know, uh, nothing I can do about it. I might as well just uh, seize the moment. I was talking to a guy just recently and, and he was saying, yeah, I got this habit about, uh, I, I, I eat too much sugar. Uh, I know that I do. I'm addicted to it. Uh, but it makes me feel good and it gives me comfort, and I associate it with comfort. Well, I, I, I get that. that. That's working for that guy, and, and so sugar is serving a useful function. But the question is, is there something else he could do to get what sugar gives him that's less deleterious, going to hurt him less in the long term? And that's the kind of thing I suggest that if people can start thinking about and working with, they can make changes in the moment that are going to give them uh, longer-term vitality and hopefully uh, longevity. And that's what I like, too, the fact that, you know, it, it boils down to, you know, but why do you do it? What, what's the payoff? What do you get from it? And when they say comfort, it's like, okay, now we can work with comfort. What else yes. gives you comfort? You know, and they can see that, oh, wait, yeah, you know, what, what is it about it? I mean, I know with me, if there's jelly beans, because it's, you know, Easter time, so there's jelly beans in the house. If there are jelly beans and I eat more than like five a day, I will have a migraine the next day. I absolutely, yep. it's too much sugar. 
too much sugar. And why do I eat it? Because it's there and I'm trying to think of something and I walk by the dish and it's nervous energy. I know that. So what else can I do? Well, I can keep broccoli in the refrigerator. I can keep, you know, carrots or something in the fridge. And people will say, yeah, but they're not as good. Yeah, but it's, it's not a matter of tasting it because I'm not really, I'm not enjoying it. I'm just doing it because it's there. I can just do that yep. with broccoli or, you know, something else. And I know that about myself, but every once in a while I still eat those stupid jelly beans, you know. Um, why I buy them, I don't know. <laughs> but I know they're in the house, you know? Yeah, and you're at the house, and, and that's a perfect yeah. example. I mean, I, I, I like ice cream stuff, but it's, I know that at the margin I'm better off to have a little less of it, and I consciously try to make choices away from it. Yeah. And I like, you know, other things that uh, if I have too much of them, I know they're not healthy for me. And so I just wean myself away a little at a time, treat myself occasionally, and find other things. It's been painful and takes time and it's hard, but it's possible to do what the the foods have done for me. And and so I talk about that uh, and myself and, and others who have uh, gone through the process uh, it's it's like a short term sacrifice we think in order to get a long term payoff, uh, and it's hard to give up the momentary, you know, rush from having a, a bowl of ice cream. Uh, but most people, when they wean themselves away from those things, they say, you know, I don't need it anymore after a period of time, mm-hmm. and then they find something to substitute from it, and to get the impetus to make those changes and to understand how those moment-to-moment changes can affect your health, that's really what my book's about. It is, and it's so helpful because, I mean, and I, as I said, I kind of laughed at some of the spots because I go, like, I still do this. Why do I do this? He's clearly telling me what I already know and I shouldn't be doing, and I do it. I cannot drink alcohol or wine in this country because of all the preservatives. But if I go over to, you know, Europe, I can drink. I, don't, I never get a migraine, but here I always get a migraine. And people said, well, try organic wine. Mm-mm, still get a migraine. And I'm like, I, you know, I just don't drink. Now I would like a glass of wine sometimes, but instead, you know, I'll make a cup of herbal tea. And I'll be like, okay, I'm fine. I'm really fine. And I've been doing that for years. I, I hardly ever drink wine unless I'm overseas because I know I can get away with it over there, which is probably stupid. Because if you're not going to have it here, why are you having it over there? Just because you can, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, maybe a treat for you. You know, it's, 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 I mean, the old saw about, you know, things in moderation. Uh, yeah. uh, for most people, that's not a bad maxim. Now, for some people, some stuff is just toxic and you need to know that and not do it. But sometimes that's trial and error to find that out. That's true. And then you have to, you know, I kick myself when I do something and I, when I wake up with a migraine because I'm like, oh, and see, now I have to take an Imitrex, and that's $10 a pill. The jelly beans are not $10 a jelly bean, you know, so maybe I should look at them now. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. But, but even, even then, you're saying, you're, a, again, a health practitioner. You're right. seeing, uh, even with all you know, sometimes it's tempting to, to yeah. have the jelly bean uh, because it serves some purpose and unconsciously you like to pick them up and eat them. And I get that. I, I I do the same kind of stuff myself, but can we do a little less of it so that we have the less migraines, we have the less headaches, whatever the th- things are, and, and have more vitality? And, and it's, it's changes at the margin, I'm convinced, here, the thing that uh, make the difference. I, I agree with you. I, I think so, too. And, you know, and once, you, once you do it with something, you kind of have the confidence or the validation and credibility that, oh, this does work, and you can do it with other things. So it kind of, you know, um, grows on itself. It's like a domino effect. I did it with yep. that, and it worked. Now I can do it with this. And that, that makes for, you know, a that, healthy that's person, very, that's, too. That's very true. Uh, that's very true. Yeah. And to get the impetus to, to make the changes, I think, going back to what we said earlier, you need to look at your health from a lot of different standpoints, see it's part of a larger picture of your life. I mean, your health is related to your relationships, to your psychology, to, to your job, to your relationship to a higher power, and, and and it affects those things as well. So if you can see, uh, you know, we're humans that came from someplace before we got here. We're going to go someplace after we die. Why are we here? Who are we? What are we? And just see that we're part of a, a cycle of life, uh, uh, part of nature that lives and dies and and uh, gets hurt and then regrows. Uh, it just relativizes it and gives us a different perspective uh, in making those day-to-day decisions for some people I have found when they start to think about it like that. 
Yeah, I, yeah, they do. They will start to really see differences, and, and then they'll want to do more. And it's great because that's how, that's how we actually change all aspects of our lives. And sometimes when you change one aspect, it infiltrates the other areas automatically. So you don't even have to work each area separately. It just automatically goes into the other ones, and you notice a difference if you're aware, if you're mindful. And I think that's part of it, too. But that's part of some of the stuff that you're talking about. Uh, we are speaking with Carl Greer, author of Change the Story of Your Health. To learn more, please visit www.carlgreer.com. So go ahead and write that down now so you can check it out after the show. Carl, one of the things that was very interesting is the taking a journey to the lower world. And I've done this over the years with uh, different people who have, you know, you go to a webinar and they'll take you on a journey. But I don't think that everybody fully understands what that means. Can you kind of explain that? Yeah, in the shamanic uh, cosmology, they, they think there's a, a lower world, middle world, and an upper world. And the lower world is uh, a place uh, uh, influenced by your uh, your past where you might have uh, aspects of your past lives if you believe in reincarnation. But... Uh-oh. I think we lost Carl. Carl, can you hear me? Carl, can you hear me? I cannot hear you. Let's see. Okay, people, bear with us. We have a little bit of a technical difficulty thing going on here right now. But we will try to get this back. Carl, I cannot hear you, and I do not know if you can hear me. So I'm trying to make adjustments here. Don't know if you can hear me, then you probably don't need to call back in. I'm having a problem though hearing you. I cannot hear anything. So let's see. Let's see what we can do. Uh. Carl, are you there? Are you there? Are you with me? Oh, no. We were having a great discussion. Okay, bear with us, listeners. We will we will get this fixed some way or another. Hmm. Still connected. I cannot hear you, Carl. I'm so sorry. Do not know what's going on. Oh... Are you there, Carl? Oh, dear. I don't know what's going on. Carl, can you maybe call back in? I'm not sure what's going on. It seems fine on my end, and actually your connection seems fine on my end, but I cannot hear you, and my mic and everything seems to be working. If you can hear me, can you call back in? Would you please call back in? Hmm. Bear with us, people. We are working on this dilemma. Not really sure what is happening here. Oh, okay. There's something actually going on with the studio itself. Okay, let's see if I can get this. Can you hear? Can you hear me now? Uh, yes, I can. I can hear you now. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know what was going on. <sighs> You're back. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, right. I don't know what okay. you uh, what you heard, but uh, we were talking about upper world. Go ahead. Yeah, we were talking about we were we were talking about uh, journeys, upper world and lower world journeys. Yes. You got cut out right at the very beginning, so I apologize for that. I really don't know what's happening. Uh, if you could just tell us about that again, because I don't know that anybody could hear you actually. Okay. What I what I was saying is. Um, in the shamanic uh, uh, worldview, we have uh, uh, a, a lower world and a middle world and an upper world that we're living in energetically all the time. And that lower world has uh, uh, information about our past and the way our past 
lives within it. So when people do a soul retrieval or a lower world journey, they're trying to uh, have a, a different relationship with their past than they would have had had they not done the work. So that, in the present, they're able to make different decisions. So their past, you can't change the facts, but you can change the way the, the, the facts live within you. And mm-hmm. an upper world, upper world journey, uh, you're going to uh, 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 your future, and uh, we have the ability to uh, pick different futures than we otherwise might be uh, cast in right now. Uh, and if we can lock into a future that's more desirable than another one from the standpoint of us in spirit, that will influence the decisions that we make in the present also. So all the shamanic work or healing work that I'm familiar with is really designed to allow a person to make different decisions about their health or anything else in the present moment than they otherwise would. So the lower world journey that I talk about with people is uh, you can go down into uh, the lower world and find out what uh, things happened in the past that are influencing your health today and what might you uh, change from your past uh, in terms of giving up something or gaining something that would influence your health more beneficially today. Upper world journeys uh, that I describe for people, uh, go up there to see if you don't make any changes in what you're doing in terms of your health. What's it gonna, what are you going to look like five years from now, say, or ten years? And it, people get very vivid images of what that would look like. Uh, and then in other places in the upper world, I, I have them go and uh, they learn if they give up something, what do they need to give up to have that picture be different? What do they need to gain to have that picture be different? And if they do those things, uh, what would their health now look like? It's very powerful because there is a wisdom in these realms. Now, people can argue, is it within ourselves or is it really exterior from us or is it all kind of intermingled? Uh, And you as an energy worker might have your own belief in that. I think it's called intermingled. We in our Mm -hmm. environment are all interacting. You know, people might call it the collective unconscious, transpersonal realms. But whatever it is, it does seem to have an energy and a wisdom that allows us to interact with it. and I do agree with you. I mean, Carl Jung spoke about mostly about the collective unconsciousness, and, and I think that we are all connected, and what we do, not only the, just the field of energy that's out there, but we impact everybody else with every single thing that we do. And it's, it's sad that people don't get that because everything is energy, and energy, you can't kill it. It can only transform so once yeah. you initiate, you know, an action, that action dominoes like a, you know, a stone in a pond, and it goes on and on and on, and you have no idea what effect you're having on anybody else. And, and if you love someone, you know, you don't want to hurt them, but you're also hurting you. So why do you want to hurt you by, you know, doing things that are what could be construed as negative? You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you have these thoughts uh, uh that are, are not serving you, you know, let's let just say uh, uh, cancer runs in my family, I'll probably get it too. Uh, 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 and, well, that thought has emotions that trigger to it, and those emotions uh, uh, can trigger uh, hormonal changes and neurotransmitter changes and, and body changes, and then those, uh, those changes in turn can reinforce maybe our anxieties, and, and so there is everything connected to everything else I agree with, and, and to the extent we can control our beliefs and our thoughts, uh, we can affect our health. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of other people's too, because once you keep that vibration lot, of energy high. Yes, you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, you do have a journey to the lower world in your book, a practice in your book, and it's a wonderful practice. I would say to people, read it. And then if you choose to get, you know, record it on something so that you don't have to read it and you can do it, you know, by listening to it and really getting in, into a place of relaxation and just following, like a guided meditation, just following it through. It's a um, beautiful, yeah. med- it's, it's a beautiful meditation, if I can call it that. It's a beautiful journey. So that's something that is uh, very eye-opening. Uh, one of the other things that 
I really, really liked was the dialoguing. You, you have different stories in here about dialoguing with a disease, dialoguing with pain, or dialoguing with, you know, your, um, like a, I don't want to say a spirit guide, an animal spirit. And these are interesting things to do because you can talk to, I remember this one woman, she had a brain tumor and she just talked to the brain tumor and said, look, they can't operate on you. So we're going to have to live together. So you're going to have to just, you can stay there, but stay out of my way. And this woman is still alive. And I don't know how many years ago this was that I heard about this story. It has to be at least 10 at this point. And I mean, I just, I thought, wow, that is really a cool way to, to be able to handle things that other people give up on. Yeah. And, um, what what that conversation will lead to can really differ from person to person. I was uh, being interviewed a, a while back on a radio show, and the host uh, was sharing part of her experiences with cancer. And uh, when she was engaging it, like you and I are talking about, the cancer said uh, uh, it wanted her to love it. And she really resisted that because she thought, boy, if I love it, it's going to grow. It's going to somehow take mm. over. So she had to do a lot of work around that, but finally understood for her what that meant, and she's still alive. Uh, somebody else, for example, may have a difference. Maybe the relationship they need with cancer is something to be destroyed and eliminated. Uh, mm-hmm. so, the, so the dialogue can lead to different things for different people, but it's really recognizing that the thing within us does have a wisdom, and maybe we can relate to it such that it's more than just the placebo effect that we're really doing something. But even if it is the placebo effect and our belief that it's going to heal us, heals us, so what? Well, and then if it's a belief that we can, that this thing will heal us, does heal us, is it really a placebo effect? Because it works, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so I look at the point, right. yeah. It's kind of the chicken or the egg. It's like, you know what? Is there really such a thing as a placebo effect? Because if it works, then it's not a placebo now, is it? You know, and I've talked to many, you know, many doctors who just laugh at me. A lot of the doctors and I've been, believe me, I've been laughed at a a lot over the past 20 years. I've even been called a witch. I mean, people frown upon what I do. They laugh at me. They call it woo woo. But I have doctors who call me and will say, look, I don't really fully, fully understand what you do. And I know you studied quantum physics and you get it. Can you help my patients? And I'll say, I'll try. Like, you know, no, they no, need no, to help no, themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I spent you know? a lot. Of time, I work with a, with a lot of doctors, and, uh, yeah. and and many of them increasingly are open to this because they know yeah. there's there's mysteries uh, in, in what we all do. That we are in an energetic world, as you pointed out very uh, beautifully a while back. Everything is connected to everything else. All of our actions affect other things. All of our thoughts affect things, uh, including our own bodies. So if we can start to take more charge of our self healing by the kinds of things we're talking about, the kinds of things I write in my book, I think we do ourselves a service. I, I do too. And I, I remember having a conversation with one doctor who said, look, you're smarter than I am. And I said, no, I'm not. And he looked at me and he said, what? And I said, I'm not smarter than you. I said, here's the thing. Just be smart enough to know that I'm smart enough to know I don't know everything. That's all you have to be. <laughs> and yeah. just go with it. Yeah, and he sure. just laughed at me. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so that's really kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting way to go. Um, but the dialoguing is so good because you can talk to these parts of your body to reduce pain, to get rid of things. And people, until they go through, I believe, your process, because you can tell people this until they're blue in the face, but your book is written in such a way that it's a process to start here, and then they get it as they go along. So it becomes more believable, more credible, and they get validation, so they want to do more. And this book is not long. This book is only, how many pages was the book? Like 200 pages or something. Yep. So yep. when that's, that's, a, that's a quick read, but you want to read it. Now, I had to read it for the show. So I'm reading it for the show and not doing everything, but I, you should see how many post-its are in it because I refuse to write in books. They're too sacred to me. So I, mm. I put post-its. Mm all over the place and I know I'll go back to this I'll go back to this I'll go back to this and I'll share it with with um, some of my patients and I'll show them the book and they're allowed to look at the book and then they have to go and buy it if they want the book they can't take mine it's precious you know so um, that I think it's something that the process brings them to it's like an evolution and how long would you say it would take someone to go through this process I mean like I said I read it 
you know, it took me like four hours to read the book. How long would it take someone to read this book and actually do what's in this book and get results? Uh, you know, there's a, uh, a story about a, uh, uh, you know, a person goes to a uh, karate teacher and says, uh, uh, <laughs> if, I work, if, 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 I, if I come uh, uh, three days a week, how long will it take me to get a, uh, a black book? A black belt, and the guy says, uh, you know, seven years. He says, well, what if I come five days a week? He says, ten years. Well, what if I come every day? Twelve years. Well, why is it going to take me longer? Because you get into it at different levels. So in terms of the uh, my book, uh, uh, it, it is a process. It's not mm-hmm. like a, it's not like a, you know you read it in twenty minutes and say these are five things that if I do. Uh, you know, affirmations. I'll live healthily, better than anything for the rest of my life. Um, I have some things that I suggest that are powerful beliefs in the book, but it's a process. And I would say uh, somebody could take a little bit of time every once in a while and do some of the things I suggest, and they would benefit from it. And uh, just even to take uh, 40 minutes and, and, and or 20 minutes or 30 minutes and really be honest with what is the current story of your health, that's powerful. And then if you start yeah. to believe the, that, that to make changes in anything is a function of getting new information into your body, into your, into your energy field, and how do you get new information? Well, I'm saying first by uh, just thinking about it with your left brain and then thinking about it with your right brain and have images about it, you know, uh, what, what's embodied. And I talk about... Uh, you know, dancing and, uh, and writing and singing and uh, poetry about your health to get different information about it. And then these unconscious practices, going into the lower world, upper world. I talk about going to the place before creation, uh, dialoguing with death, working with death. Uh, these give you even more information. It doesn't mean, as mm. you said earlier, we don't, we don't avail ourselves of what's the new information about nutrition or supplements or, or exercise. But but uh, uh, but these practices help people maybe stick to these new practices and and, uh, and see whether or not a particular uh, uh, suggestion is is right for them. They, they help develop their chooser a little better. Okay. So, now I am. So 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 it's 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 a process. You know, I, I think a person can spend. Uh, uh, a relatively small amount of time and, and, and gain some benefits. I think, though, it's not so much uh, time reading the things in the book. It's actually doing the things, you know, journeying, spending time in nature. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that, you know, spending time in nature in and of itself is very healing. Uh, mm. so it's, it's, it's kind of a low-cost intervention. You know, being around uh, uh, pine trees, they have a chemical called phytoncide that uh, helps the immune system. It reduces... Uh, uh, cortisol. It, uh, it it has healthful uh, neurotransmitters. As uh, uh, being around rushing water where there's uh, negative ions, they, that has a, a positive health effect. Just looking out of a horizon of blue green uh, water uh, has been shown to affect uh, uh, our nervous system. You know, we we move from the sympathetic nervous system more to the parasympathetic nervous system. Our brain waves uh, tend to uh, get slower when we're uh, in nature, all, all which have positive effects on our immune system. So there's some simple things that people can do, which I talk about, that have pretty immediate uh, effects. The journey work, you have to set it aside some time, and it takes you know a little bit of time to do it. And then you have to think about what you found out and see if uh, there's ways you can apply it to your life. But if you do that, people have had very successful uh, uh, changes based on what they've done. Yeah, and, and the practices in the book, there are some that are just very immediate you can do. Going out in nature is so wonderful just to walk around, and, and if you see an animal, watch them. We have a lot to learn from animals and how they react and what they do, and, you know, they're living in the moment. You know, we don't. We are constantly that brain chatter is going, and to try to slow that brain chatter down. One thing that I'm a huge proponent of meditation, and, of course, this is just my perspective, I believe that meditation can be done in many ways. You know, if you're aware of what you are doing in a single moment, you can be in a meditative state without being in like a, you know, daydreaming type of state. You know, for instance, you don't need to sit in Lotus to meditate. You can be washing your car. 
walking to the mailbox, um, feel, really feeling the sun, you know, sun salutation types of things, looking at the yep. moon, noticing the shadows in the landscape. There are so many ways to be in awareness and quiet. Um, that to me is probably, again, it's just for me, but one of the easiest ways because you can get up from your desk, walk outside and walk around your building. And in just that few moments you can shift your perspective and and it's very healing to do so even in the middle of new york city you can walk around and you'll find a tree in new york city they're there you know there aren't a lot of them but they're there you know you can find you can find greenery you can find something and people i think that's why a lot of people go to the beach they don't realize what they're getting when they go to the beach near the water they're drawn to the water it isn't necessarily just the summer heat do you agree with that absolutely and and you know, your point that you don't need to set aside an hour or two to do these things uh, as well. I mean, you can do these little practices of relaxation while you're waiting for an elevator or while you're mm-hmm. waiting for your coffee at Starbucks. And uh, and they can be uh, reset, you know, reset times that can can uh, have uh, – you spend 30 seconds kind of in a, a meditative place that can have many minutes benefit to you. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Standing in the grocery line. Well, then they've done studies where if you meditate on something you care about, something you appreciate, something you're compassionate about, or something that you feel great gratitude for, if you just think about that and really evoke those feelings, get those feelings going for three minutes, just three minutes, lowers your cortisol levels by 23%, raises the endorphins by 100%. So now you got 123 differential there in a good way, a very positive way, and it lasts for up to six hours barring any significant things that come into your life. So, yeah, these are things that, and you've got all these practices in your book. It's wonderful. I'm going to suggest to all the listeners, you know, get this book for yourself and then get it for others because, wow, there's a lot, you know, this is a a very helpful, it's like giving yourself a gift. When When you read this and you see these things you can do that don't cost money, you know, it's just simple to do. You're giving yourself a gift and and the way that you respond and react to all these things is a gift to others. And then you can give them the book too, so that they can have that gift themselves. So uh, I'm going to end with that because we're almost at the top of the hour, Carl, but before we go, if you would, please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, change the story of your health. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, My website is carlgreer.com. C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. And the book uh, can be purchased uh, in some independent bookstores, but on Amazon and on uh, Barnes and Noble. My publisher is uh, Pinhorn Press, and they also uh, have books to sell. So, those are the places that uh, uh, they can buy books. That's great. You know, thank you so much for joining us here. I really appreciate all the time you spent and your wisdom. There is so much in this book. There is so much to learn from this. So everyone, please go out and get the book. And listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you get the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events. Please be sure to check out our charitable organization for kids, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. Every penny of every donation goes directly to children in need. We are run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries or stipends. I am also the author of the soon-to-be-released children's book, Santa's Tiniest Elves, and the royalties from that book will go directly to children in need as well. So we are Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, and we believe by investing in a brighter tomorrow, we are giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our site, our website, SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio and at 
Soji Huggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Okay, we're in the queue. Okay, um, so those kids, you know, I know there's a number there, but we don't know that we're helping all 600. You know what I mean? Got it. Yeah. Right. So well, it's a slow, gonna, you know what? Listen, I just say uh, I'll send you uh, $5,000 from a fund to help you do the, do the stuff. Oh, my God. Seriously? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, so but, but, but uh, you use it uh, wisely, and uh, uh, that'll be uh, kind of a, a little uh, reciprocity between us. So, oh, my God. Uh, I'll have Gil, you know, uh, find out uh, uh, the details on how to do that. But uh, uh, I enjoy talking to you, too. It was a good conversation. I enjoyed talking to you as well, and I will tell you that I, I will use it wisely because I treat this money like it's my own, and I make sure that every penny goes to these kids. It has to be that way. We have to help our own children. We have to. So I promise you that, and I thank you so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Well, you're, you're most welcome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And thank you for doing this show. And, you know, um, I will definitely write the review and get everything out there. I was going to do it anyway, um, so not a problem. I, I just thank you so much, Carl. You you have a wonderful – oh, my gosh. You have a wonderful night, and, and thank you so much. Well, same to you. Enjoy, enjoy our talk. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm coming. I'm trying to find out how if they can do this for me. It's just too important. <laughs> 